morning, everybody. For all of those of you who love Irish holidays, you're welcome. Jesus, we just thank you. Praise you for your goodness to us and for your word and your love. And this morning, God, what we pray is that you would just uh, uh, speak in this place. God, that you would open our ears. And that we would open our hearts to you to, to receive what you have to say to us. That our ears would be open to receive what you have to say, God. And that, that you would say in this place exactly what you, you mean to say. Lord God, that, that you would use me to say the things that you want to say, Lord God. And, and organize my, my thoughts, God. I just pray it and ask it in your name. Amen. Amen. Turn to Exodus 12. I was just thinking on the way in here, you know, I think one of the signs of addiction is when something causes you problems, but you just can't leave it alone. And I live in this constant state of having to pee because I drink so much coffee. And it makes my job really fun. Next time you go to balance your checkbook, um, wait until you have to pee really bad, then do it. And and you will have an idea of, of what what happens every appointment that I do at work every day. It's like I'm trying to figure this thing out and I'm like bouncing in my seat in the truck like oh man. <laughs> and then I gotta go back in and talk to them like I'm normal. Um, and tell them, hey, what you can expect if you move forward, but have some pain, blah, 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 you know. Go through all that spiel. <sighs> so anyway, but that's all free. I was just thinking about that this morning. So, so here in Exodus 12, um, um, and I want to start in 37. Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, about strangers this morning, and uh, uh, of course, this is uh, after all the plagues, and uh, uh, the Egyptians are are getting rid of the Israelites, thrusting them out of Egypt. It says here in verse 37, And the children of Israel journeyed from Ramesses to Sukkoth, about 600,000 on foot that were men, beside children. And a mixed multitude went up with them, and flocks and herds and even much cattle. I like that mixed multitude. It's kind of like, kind of like the sinners, publicans, and others, whatever those might be. Um, it's like when you go to fill out paperwork. It's like you know, it's like are you, you know, are you Caucasian? Are you African American? Are you Native American? Or are you an other? I always want to check other. <laughs> It's like I'm, I'm, I'm Irish. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm pink. <laughs> but anyway, um, see, John knows exactly what I'm talking about. Mr. Irish and pink. Yeah, yeah. We're Irish. You know, I, I once heard someone say that uh, that he, you know, it's like that the the Scottish are pale blue and that the the Irish are pink. But uh, go figure. But anyway. This mixed multitude then. So it's just this kind of mix of people. They're not they're not Jews. They're not um, they these aren't they're not part of God's 
people per se, and yet here they are leaving uh, Egypt with the Jews. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the, the cartoon they did back in the day, the Prince of Egypt, but as the Jews are leaving, you see, they, you see these Egyptian uh, soldiers standing there with their spears watching this multitude of people walk by and they just kind of look at each other and they drop their spears and they follow them. And, uh, so that's kind of what I'm picturing here. And this mixed multitude went up with them and flocks and herds and even much cattle. You know, when you, you see a group that you would like to be a part of, don't you just kind of decide, I'm going to go over there then? You kind of drop your stuff and you decide, well, I'm going to go that way. That's, that's what you did to get here. And uh, uh, and so uh, it, it reminds me of Ruth. You know, we uh, uh, we watched um, this, this movie about Ruth this week that was, that was really fun. Um, but it's it's really cool that sense of like actually I want to be part of that people and uh, yeah and of course Naomi tells Ruth to go away <laughs> to go back home I don't have anything for you I I can't take care of you go home and she's like no no where where you are is home you know and and it's like I am part of the people of God and and I'm not giving that up. And uh, what a what an amazing thing to value the citizenship in the kingdom of God that much. Yeah. So he says, and they baked unleavened cakes on the dough or of the dough which they brought forth out of Egypt, for it was not leavened, because they were thrust out of Egypt, and they could not tarry, neither had they prepared for themselves any victuals. I hate that word because it looks like it should be victual. And, and it is pronounced little. I swear on a stack of Bibles it is. And that is why English is so hard to learn. Now the sojourning of the children of Israel who dwelt in Egypt was 430 years. And it came to pass at the end of 430 years, even the selfsame day came to pass that all the hosts of the Lord went up from the land of Egypt. It is a night to be much observed unto the Lord for bringing them out of the land of Egypt. For this is that night of the Lord to be observed of all the children of Israel and their generations. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, This is the ordinance of the Passover. There shall no stranger eat thereof. But every man's servant that is bought for money, when you have circumcised him, then he shall eat thereof. A foreigner and a hired servant shall not eat of it. And uh, so, you know, it's interesting that right away he starts talking about these, you know, the strangers and how this isn't, this Passover isn't just for the, you know, the, the casual passerby or the casual hangers-on. Because, because he said that... Uh, you know, your your servant that you bought for money um, can have it if they're circumcised first. So, uh, not a cost to be undertaken lightly. So he says, in in one house shall it be eaten. You shall not carry forth aught of the flesh abroad out of the house. Neither shall you break a bone thereof. All the congregation of Israel shall keep it. And when a stranger shall sojourn with thee, and will keep the Passover to the Lord. Let all his males be circumcised. Then let him come near and keep it. And he shall be as one that is born in the land. 
For no uncircumcised person shall eat thereof. One law shall be to him that is homeborn, and to the stranger that sojourns among you. So, you know, obviously, God. Um, part of what God did by putting the Jews in Egypt was gave them a sense of identity of of being this people that belongs to God. Um, and you can see right here as He is sending them out of Egypt to really be their their own nation, and, uh, you know, autonomous under Him. Then He He immediately tells them that. Um, this interesting message that that uh, the strangers and the foreigners they, they they don't get to partake of of this this Passover, but they can be circumcised, and then and then they are they be, then there's one law for them just like you, and so they become a part of you. So right from the very beginning here, he's telling them that I don't intend for this exclusivity that you have as as Jews to be something that pushes everyone else away. And and you can see right here from the very beginning they had this mixed multitude of people that thought, well, I, I want to be part of that. I want to do that. I want to be with those people. And, you know, I, I'm sure it wouldn't be that hard to tear yourself away from what was left of Egypt. But uh, <laughs> I was like, well, you know, like, uh, you know, clearly... Uh, Clearly, I would be better off going into the wilderness with them than you know staying amid the ruins here. But um, so he has this. You know, of course, the Passover is about salvation and and about the the the, the blood of that lamb being applied to the doorposts. And uh, and and so he doesn't talk so much about that right here as he does about the about circumcision, which of course is that. Uh, having your your flesh cut off is that is a part of that covenant of of becoming a uh, one of God's people. Uh, go with me to um, Ephesians chapter two. I don't know about you, but I'm still trying to recover from daylight savings. I think we should have like everybody should get to have their own standard time. Like, like you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't, I don't subscribe to the daylight savings time, so it's not. I'm not an hour late. Everyone else is an hour early. <laughs> It's like, well, you know, just because you don't, you don't, uh, you know, follow the same standard time as me, I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, obviously, there's something deep in the soul of man that wants to do time travel, and maybe this is the closest we can get. It's like I, I relived this hour to go back and do it again. I mean, I guess then you could kind of do whatever you wanted for that hour, right? Because you get the chance to do it over. But anyway, now this is a a slippery slope. Trying to decide where to begin here. 
So I will cut the shrade and just cut one. And you, as he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, or in time past, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, and the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, among whom we all had our conversation in times past, in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. So, you know, conversation is one of those words that's really changed its meaning over the years, uh, over the centuries. Um, back when they translated the King James, um, back around when I was born, um, <laughs> thank you, Tom. They um, uh, conversation didn't mean what you talked about; it meant your way of life. And so, I can see how that could has morphed into the, what you talk about, because what's in your heart will come out of your mouth. So the way that you live will. Will, the way you talk will tell on you. But um, so he talks about the sense of of how we all, you know, whether you grew up in in church or not, how we all started out with this place of um, being dead in trespasses and sins, and 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 uh, you know, walking after the course of the world. I mean, you can you can grow up in a Christian home and. And do that, you know. And, and you can have, you know, you can have the the face you have at home, and then you can have the face you have at, at church. And uh, um, and so, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, or you could just grow up like a heathen, like I did, and and be the same everywhere you went. And uh, <laughs> I, I was talking with somebody the other day about how I, I had some cousins that. Uh, they grew up in the in the North Lawrence um, with little to no adult supervision most of the time, um, and so by the time I was uh, I was Levi's age, I could like curl the wallpaper off a wall with uh, my the, my proficiency at profanity, and uh, you know people stare at me like what? It's like yes, yes. Well, when you grow up a heathen. That's just sort of how it is, and uh, um, so so we've all you know uh, you know I love how God puts everybody in the same boat you know and how you know he's a he's, he's an equal opportunity uh, deity but uh, so um, but that's a good thing. Because then you you never have the sense of being better than anyone else, or 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 you know somehow you have it more together than your neighbor or or whatever. Um, I uh, I heard something the other day. Somebody was like, "Well, how? But how would you how would you talk to somebody that you know is like below you spiritually?" If and like, what? I, and I wish I could remember the whole thing. It's just that one little bit stuck with me. I was like, who would be below you? It's like, I, I think you're missing the point entirely then if you think that anyone is below you. Um, but, uh, so he said that we've all been there. We've all had our conversation in times past uh, in the lust of the flesh, uh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we're by nature the children of wrath even as others. So we start out with this 
flesh nature. We've all been there. And he says, But God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. And raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Don't you love that? I mean, I love that verse. It's like to me that um, to, to me verse seven is is one of the kind of sums up a big portion of the purpose of the church. And and that's what Israel had. Israel was like this this example to the world that that the world could see the exceeding riches. Of his grace through his kindness towards them. That's why the mixed multitude wanted to go with them. That's why the strangers would want to join themselves to him, to them. And that's why he wanted them to to be willing to let people join them. He never he didn't intend for everyone to be excluded. Um, you know, read the read the genealogy in Matthew. You know, so if you have Rahab, Ruth. And uh, you know Tamar, of course, and uh, um, and her that was the wife of Uriah. We don't say her name, and uh, and so you know you have all these these things. It's like surely, it's like that's not very very sanitized, is it? It's like well, actually, it is, because that's what God does. It's like He picks you up out of the out of the muck and covers you in Germax and <laughs> rubs you. <laughs> that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus so the world can see God's kindness towards you and something in that will create such a love in you and 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 the, the world will see it the world will hear it from you They'll hear your conversation about how about how wonderful he's been to you. So it says, For by grace you're saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So there goes that that thing about being you know, someone being below you or not. I love it. Because you know, it does not matter what kind of job you do, what kind of hobby you might have, uh, what, no matter what your interests are, or how good you are at it, there's always somebody better at it, you know, and um, and there's always, you're always going to find people that you're better than they are at it, and uh, the, the thing about that is you have to kind of stop and think, it's like, well, you know, it's like, say, Take going to the gym, for example. You know, and you, you see some little scrawny guy, like, you know, and he's got, like, these little teeny plates on the bar, you know, you know and, and you want to laugh. It's like, ha ha, like, bro, you even lift, you know, and, you know, but, but then you have, but then you think back to when you were, like, 14, and you had just the bar with no plates, and you're, He's like, okay, yeah. And then, of course, the you know, there's the other guy that, like, you know, looks like he could, you know, 
cracked walnuts between his pecs, and he's got like just plate after plate after plate on there, and you're like, oh, yeah. So you, you have that spectrum there, and you fall somewhere in that spectrum, but it doesn't make... <laughs> okay. Regardless of your ability, it doesn't, no matter where you may fall in that spectrum. <laughs> okay. Mm. Sorry, you guys are all still laughing. I'm just going to look at this while I talk, and uh, that'll help. No, but regardless of where you are, it doesn't make any difference. Because it doesn't make you any better than anybody else. It doesn't make them any better than you. So, um, so he says it's not of works, lest any man should boast. So it's not about what you can do. Okay. Sorry, I caught somebody studiously trying not to look at me. Still really trying not to laugh. Who see those movies where somebody, like, they walk into a room and they just step on marbles and they just go flying? That's something about, like, being tired and you start laughing. It's kind of like that. It's like, uh, it's like trying to keep your balance on wet ice. <clears throat> anyway, so he says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. As Stratus before ordained that we should walk in them. Oh, the word workmanship means project. We're his project. Like that has a great ring to it, doesn't it? I remember when I was first looking for a car when I was 16. I'm looking at the want ads because, of course, you know, this was like 100 years ago. And uh, so I'm like looking through like the trading post or whatever it is, looking at the cars for sale. And. I had no. I didn't know what it, what it meant for a car to be a project car, which obviously means that it needs a lot of work because it is a project. And I called this guy. You know, my dad's like, you know, when you call him, you know, you want to ask him, you know, does it run? Does it this? Blah 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 blah. blah. And so, you know, I'm like calling this guy. I'm like, hey, does it run? And he's like, it's a project car. And I was like, okay. I don't know what that means. <laughs> So he, he enlightened me. I was like, oh. So then I started avoiding the project cars because you know how much fun projects are. Okay. Especially, you know, I mean, you've heard my story about losing my wrench in the snow when I was trying to change the oil in my car. So, uh, so, so we're his project then. And uh, so God has this hobby then. And, and he works on you and he works on you. And uh, and he and he has this goal for you. He has this thing in mind that, that he wants you to become. Um, you know, I I have about all the artistic ability of uh, a tree, you know, and um, so you know I I went through the laughable sham of taking art in school and. Uh, you know, my, one of my greatest achievements was making this like clay um, candy dish that looked like Han Solo trapped in the carbonite from Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> Vaguely. 
and it sort of looked like that. And it sort of sat flat on the coffee table, and the lid sort of sat on it. Um, so, fortunately, God's a lot better at it than that. So, so we're His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Therefore, remember that being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Now in Christ Jesus, you who are sometimes far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. So, um, I, I love verse 12. Because he reminds us that we all have that time. Uh, again, it doesn't matter if you grow up in church or not, because you have to make a decision. You have to choose him. But he says that, that that we were all at that place where we were without Christ, aliens. So if you doubt there, and he's not talking about little green men. You know, you know, he's talking about foreigners. Just about the same thing. Teasing, teasing. And I was telling Cynthia, I was like, you know, of course aliens are real. The, the Hebrews 11 said that uh, that there were people that set turned to flight the armies of the aliens. It's like, man, it's like, heck yeah. yeah. So I got out my slingshot and sent those little green guys packing. But, no, but, but being aliens, you know, I, I like the word alien because that's more... In my thinking, that's more removed than just being a foreigner. That's like you don't even belong on this planet, you know. And it's you know it's because if something is alien to you, it is super. It's, it's so unfamiliar. It does not fit. It does not compute. You don't get it. it. Doesn't even make sense to you. And so he said that 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 we were aliens to the Commonwealth of Israel. And uh, you know, we don't use the word Commonwealth a whole lot. Um, anymore, but you know the interesting thing about this particular Greek word here is it only appears in one other place uh, in the in the scriptures. It's in uh, in Acts 22 when uh, the uh, there's like this riot happening, and uh, might have even been at Ephesus. I don't remember, but the uh, uh, the Roman soldiers come and they they take Paul. Uh, they basically arrest him and take him to the castle to keep the Jews from killing him, and uh, or, uh, or the, the people that were all worked up at him. And uh, they decide that they're going to tie him up and beat him, just because, and because uh, I guess you know they're Romans. And uh, and Paul said, "Can you do that if I'm a Roman?" And and he said, "And he's like, you're a Roman." And so this, this centurion tells him, he's like, with a great sum, I purchased this freedom. And that word freedom is the same word for commonwealth. Uh, if, you, if you read just about any other translation beside the King James, it will tell you, uh, he said, with a great sum, I purchased this citizenship. And, and then Paul says, of course, but I was freeborn. And so, um, so it's interesting because we obviously can't purchase citizenship in the kingdom of God. Um, but he has purchased it for us. And so we're then born into it. 
when we are rebirthed. And so just like Paul, we can say, I was freeborn. And and uh, so the one of the things I was thinking about is we were talking about the sons of God the other day. And uh and I was and I was thinking about adoption and how, you know, God he brings you into his house, he brings you into his family and, and he imparts to you his nature and, and really makes you into something that you were not. And um, and he puts you on that road to sonship. You know, you become his child and then uh, but from there you can you just like we talked about Wednesday night, you can be formed then from being a child of God to being a son of God through the the changes that he makes in your life, through the things that happen to your character from uh him changing you and from the decisions that you make in yielding to him. But it's precious because we all start out as strangers. Strangers from the covenants of promise, aliens from the, the citizenship of the kingdom of God. And and yet so so we're all like that mixed multitude then. And we're all just like Ruth. We're all just like the woman at the well. We we all started out not really quite belonging in the kingdom of God. And yet he he brought us into that place because he purchased that citizenship for us. And uh and that's a precious thing because um if you want to belong to something, then um, and and you you know you really have to do some things to become a part of it. You know, if you if you want to like legally become a U.S. citizen, it, it's quite a bit of stuff you have to do. And um, and I can tell you that I, I I really believe that people that do that value their citizenship far more than somebody who just shows up. You know, because, you know, for one thing, you did it right. That would show some respect to the law of the land. But um, all that aside, if, you know, if something is really important to you like that, then, then you really value it. You know, and it's, um, and one of the things that I think that happened to the, the Jews was they felt like, well, this is kind of my due because I was born here. And so this is just what I've got, and you know God owes it to me because I was born, and uh, uh, and then you know you you put that next to to Ruth, and and how Ruth uh, she she had an opportunity to be a part of the kingdom of God, and she was not going to give it up for anything, and uh, and so it's easy to grow up in church. Or to just be, you know be in church for a long time and and take for granted that that citizenship in the kingdom of God and that that the opportunity that has afforded us to be a part of His family and to you know to you know be able to get up at three in the morning when you can't sleep and go down the hall and there He is He's He's, he's still up because He's always up. And and he doesn't mind talking to you at three in the morning about what whatever's bothering you, which is really great because if you wake me up at three in the morning to talk to me about what's bothering you, I will not be happy. 
<laughs> but if you can get me awake, I will talk to you. <laughs> so, so he's a good God, though, and he's he's. Um, I, I just I love it how he has put us all in the same boat, and then you can think about that a couple of different ways. Like we all start out in the one boat that nobody wants to be in, but then he puts us all in the same boat, in the boat that we all want to be in. And and it's all because he does it. Jesus, we just we thank you for your love to us, your goodness. And God, I just I pray that uh, you would do in us uh, everything that you want to get done. God, that your presence would move in us and through us. God, that you would change us and mold us and make us into your image. And to, that we would be conformed. Uh, to that image that you have planned for us. God, we just we ask it in your name. Yeah. Now, God, today I just pray that you would do in this place as only you could do. That your presence would move on every heart. God, that you would refresh every thirsty soul. God, that you would comfort every every weary heart. And that, that you would uh, strengthen us for the journey. God, that like... Uh, like Elijah on his way to the, the mountain of God that you would uh, um, feed us that, that bread of heaven that would strengthen us uh, to, to uh, continue the journey. God, we pray it and ask it in your righteous name. Amen.